I just started recording because I just, you never know what, what stuff might be good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we might have some golden nuggets that we don't even know. <laughs> I need like to put like my blazer. I had a blazer on earlier. Should I put it back? <laughs> Serious mode. Get in there, perform and deliver. Respect, Laskian Corda. It will be one sentence and I am responding. What a load of spin and nonsense. He has only challenged my personality and pointed out my gender. And cop on a small bit, Welcome to the Polling Station podcast with Neve and Amy, where each week we're going to try and make politics a bit easier to grasp. And this week we're talking about CETA. So, Amy. What is going on with CETA? We've heard a lot about it in the story. It's been it's been in the media basically since December. Uh, we know the bare minimum about it. It's the Canadian-European trade agreement. It's caused a lot of issues, particularly among the Green Party. And now we've seen that's been brought to a uh, it's been brought under further scrutiny under a joint Oireachtas commi- committee under the European Affairs Committee. So, Amy, can you tell us a bit what exactly is CETA? Why are politicians, especially the Green Party and those in opposition, why is this? Why is it a big issue? Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit of a mindful, isn't it? Even the, the CETA itself. Trying to get the words trying out. Trying to get the words out. Trying to get through what a Roxas committee it is in, what's going on. It's all very difficult. And I think it's one of those things that people just are like, oh, don't really know about what that is. So I'm just going to kind of ignore it. But it's not actually too complicated. So basically, CETA is a comprehensive economic and trade agreement between the European Union and Canada. So negotiations for it kicked off way back in the day in like 2009, which is feels like 25 million years ago now at this stage. And then the deal of the text, which is more than a thousand pages long, was published in September 2014. So that was back when Stephen Harper was um, PM of Canada and Justin Trudeau had yes to grace our screens with his Justin Trudeau-ness. Um, Where so we're going? We're going way back. way back. We're going way back. So I think what's kind of important to remember with this is this deal was kind of negotiated in the the backdrop of a conservative Canadian kind of um, background. Like Stephen Harper himself is an economist. So this is really his like bread and butter and he was really going for it. And the deal promised like loads of stuff so that it was going to remove custom duties. It was going to make European firms more competitive in Canada. EU firms could bid for contracts in Canada easier. So very heavy on kind of like business. It's going to make business life a lot easier. It's also going to make some people's workers rights easier. So if you were, let's say, like had a qualification like an architect or an engineer, your qualifications would be recognized in Canada. So it's all this stuff when people were like being like, this is great. This sounds good. And it was kind of right when we were in the middle of like globalization is unreal. Let's all get it in together. Get going. Um. So really from the EU perspective in Ireland as well, particularly, it was going to be good for small and medium sized businesses to trade with Canada, that they were just going to be easy. There was no kind of customs were basically removed and there was the market was a lot more open. Um, but the deal right from the get go when it was published um, was criticized um, a lot party, by they were really they were like, this is a big no, no, lads, we can't be at it. And there were two main reasons to why they were both these groups were like, lads, no. So the first yeah. one was kind of the the deal wasn't really negotiated in a really transparent way. So it was kind of these mumblings were going on in the background. This was kind of happening. And then it just kind of landed in everyone's doorstep. And everyone was like, hold on a second. What? 
and particularly the chapter the people of the deal the people were like mm, this seems like it was a bit shady negotiated was the investor state dispute settlement so this was basically yeah. this kind of settlements court that um corporations were able to sue the states that agreed to this deal that's where it's all kicking off yeah because when you hear about that like you said earlier you know it's great for smes reduce custom uh, customs and taxes people if you're not you know if you have certain type of uh trade or qualification it's just a lot easier for you to emigrate over there or over here so on the face of it it's probably it was sold to people as a great deal but now that you're saying uh what are like what are the environmental issues? Because these seem to be the core of the issues within the Green Party, not, not just the government TDs, but also within the parliamentary, within the party mm-hmm. itself. And it's as well with opposition TDs, people before profit, Sinn Féin, uh, Social Democrats. So what exactly are the environmental issues that people are, that people are really failing to kind of get on board with CETA as Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael are? Yeah, so it's really this investors' state dispute settlement that people are like, this is not going to end well. And this is, so what it is, is that corporations can sue states if the state's regulations on these corporations are deemed to cause a loss of profit. So kind of people are pointed that there's been like trade deals in America, which have allowed like fracking to go ahead. And like, I think people like know about like the crazy water on fire, like Flint because of all the fracking, like it's crazy. But then there's also just like, um, things like you could think of like let's say in Germany they said okay you know like 25% of car manufacturers have to be electric cars and that they were like "Mm, Canada's were like "Mm, no actually that's gonna cause like a loss in our profit we're not like let's not do that and they're gonna sue them and I think what people need to kind of get about these kind of investor courts that this was go to is that these are run by like the corporate lawyers like the kind of what do you think of the corporate lawyers the big boys in the big suits and they wouldn't have the best track record for transparency or accountability I think there's also people are a bit afraid that's going to have like a chilling effect on governments that governments won't kind of take actions that they need to to kind of stop mm. climate change because they're going to be afraid that these um, corporations are going to sue them and they're going to have to pay for these legal actions out of the state's pocket. So that's out of people's pockets, out of the taxpayer's pocket. So I think people are like, oh, it's going to cause a fuss. It's going to cause a bad fuss and it's going to damage politicians because they will have to raise taxes to pay for this or they're going to have to pull them out of some other bucket of money and people are like, oh no, this is not yeah this is not good and then they're also the another bit of that is they're also concerned kind of that CEDA would kind of water down public health food and safety environment regulations labor regulations like all this in prioritizing corporate interests because corporate have the big hammer that they're able to swing because they're able to sue and the fact that you said it's you know it was kind of a shady deal is it uh, have all European have all the EU member states have they signed on to this because I think what seems to be a lot of people like forget it's not just Ireland who is has to deal with ratifying it but there's you know the other member states so what is the situation then with other member states have they all ratified it or are we still waiting on a a large cohort of uh, states or what's the situation so it's it's kind of a complicated situation so right off the back of when this was published um like people were like hold on a second I don't really like these investor courts like what is this so they were actually the treaty was actually taken back jigged around a bit and put back up out again where that investor state dispute settlement that I was just talking about um that they would kind of 
that CETA would create its own dispute resolution mechanism to take on these kind of court cases that was going to be called the investment court system. So this was really like kind of like quell people's fears being like, lads, no, like it's not going to be like that and you're going to be fine. And then also they kind of came out and said that people could um, take kind of promises in the Paris Climate Agreement as kind of like a backing for their um, uh, reasons that they were doing it. And that'd be a way to like counter argue the profit kind of if a company was like, oh, I'm losing profit on this. However, the problem with that is the Paris Climate Agreement is just that it's an agreement. So I think people are a bit like, oh, OK, that sounds nice on paper, but will it hold up in court? I don't know. But um, basically, once that kind of like came through um people were a little bit more like, okay, let's, maybe we can ratify it. So, so far, 14 members have ratified that and that's including the UK. So this is all pre-Brexit. Um, and there's still 16 members that still have to ratify the deal. Uh, and one of them being Ireland. And I think even like ratifying, so ratifying basically is that you're going to legislate this um, treaty. Mm. You're going to put it into your law and it's going to be concrete. It's going to be hard to take away. So as it stands now, the treaty is actually like provisionally in effect. So there is stuff like um, like that is going on that like custom duties have been removed and things like that have already started. But this um, investment kind of course has not started. And this is kind of like the big blocker. So and that's kind of where a lot of the um, the countries that haven't ratified it yet are a bit like, oh, I don't know. Um, but it all kind of like kicked off really the first kind of country to come out and be like, oh, I have an issue with this was uh, Belgium back in 2017. And it literally brought a request to the European Court of Justice, which is as high as you can really go in EU law. And that they just said that they didn't think that the um, CETA was in line with EU law and could comply with it. But the European Court of Justice actually gave its opinion on it that, like, no, that the system for the resolution and disputes of, like, investors in the state in CETA was compliant with EU law and that they didn't really see a reason for it. So that caused kind of more countries to kind of uptake it and ratify it. But kind of the big one that maybe some people have heard about is in Germany. There was a constitutional complaint made by 125,000 people to the federal constitution court, which is like, wow, that's huge. It's, it's a big and it's a big amount of people to kind of care about a kind of quite nuanced yeah. economic law, kind of. Um, and especially when, Ger- when, when Germany starts kicking a fuss up, you know, like they're, they're, they're one of the main leaders within within Europe, in the EU. And I think you know, it's it's kind of when that's when people start to listen is when you have a strong leader, strong, you know. Angela Merkel's always been a strong voice within the EU and the fact that, you know, you have such huge numbers kicking up about this, you kind of have to, you have to kind of look at this and think twice, is this the right deal for all member states? Exactly. And especially because it was going to the constitutional courts, that's really like the people are speaking up. So you have the people of Germany speaking up, which is even in a way more powerful than kind of the big boys in Germany and Angla kind of stepping up because this has their kind of weight behind it that they want to make sure that their voters are happy chaps. Um, So they kind of appealed that. But the um, Federal Constitutional Court, they basically said that, you know, like it seems okay um, that the parliament would have to kind of ratify it. It was kind of on them that they couldn't really find too much that it was against the kind of German base law but they did say that they did find that if Germany didn't ratify it then the whole thing would be like they kind of reiterated that bit in the um, CETA that says if all these countries don't ratify it it's not going to happen and so that kind of has put I guess this kind of pressure on like if Germany so right now 
that is sitting with uh, kind of the German parliament. And as of now, they haven't really made the decision on what's going to happen. Um, so there's all these things kind of like provisionally in place and kind of like 60% of the treaty is kind of like going ahead and there's ebbing and flowings of it. But there is this kind of pause now of being like, okay, will these other 16 countries ratify it? And especially now if Germany comes out and says, no, we're not going to ratify it. That's mm. a pretty big statement. Yeah, and it's, I suppose, what what's Trudeau's take on it? Especially now, obviously this wasn't his piece. This, you know, he didn't begin the negotiations, but obviously he, he's leading it now. So kind of like, because this is a huge, you know, it's a huge market for um Canada to get into. And you're obviously, you know, people who are pro-globalization, you know, pro-Marcus and so on. This is what they want, especially in Canada. So what's his stance then on, on it? Yeah, exactly. And this wasn't Trudeau's policy. It wasn't even a Labour policy. Like this was by the Conservative guys, but he's really taken it on and kind of championed it. Like he's visited Ireland about it, kind of promoting, you know, that how beneficial it is to kind of have these clear rules, streamline customs and access to kind of like government procedures that Canada and the EU are going to be so much more closely aligned. Because I think even if you think way back to the oranges of the EU itself, that all started with trade. Like trade is the bread and butter of international negotiations. So mm. he's kind of being here like, lads, this is going to make us way more on the the kind of one page, particularly during the Trump administration when like things were kicking off there. He didn't know what was happening. Kind of Canadian-American relations were up in the air. This was a way that he was kind of like, we're going to have an allyship through trade ourselves. And he was, he's kind of kind of emphasized how the new investors court system is going to it's it's really robust it's going to protect the rights of every citizen and saying that like you know corporations they're not going to be able to use it as a tool to exploit the governments and he's also come out really with like the the paris climate climate agreement argument being like we're not going to do anything that's against the paris climate agreement i've signed the paris climate agreement i don't want canada to go off doing its own thing like i'm not going to let that happen but again governments and legal systems are two different things yeah. and one could say one thing but the other is going to sit down and look and be like okay well, the Paris Climate Agreement does look lovely on paper but this investors court is stronger and what's legislated in CETA to protect these guys profits is stronger. Exactly and it just seems to be you, you know like there's, there doesn't seem to be kind of any way that there kind of isn't doesn't seem to be it's kind of at this like blockade now I guess where it's like Germany yeah. kind of going to lay down kind of the law of what they think but it's also kind of coming to that blockade in Ireland and I think like Neve you can kind of like when it comes to like the blockade in Ireland like what's really causing that well, it's the Green Party and specifically um, two green tea, uh, two green TDs, Nessa Hergan and Patrick Costello. Now, basically, this is a green, this is a huge Green Party issue. Of course, it's the as you said earlier, it's the environmental aspects of CETA. You know, the green poli- the Green Party. If you know, if all else, green policies are at the core of what they believe in. And if you're voting against this, it is quite. You do begin to wonder what is the purpose of the Green Party if they're voting in favour of a trade agreement that could see to put Ireland's environmental um, fight for climate change at risk. And it's only like, we're literally four years ago, as you said, just, you know, Prime Minister Trudeau came over to Ireland, spoke about it with 
who was then Taoiseach Leo Varadkar. And he, you know, he came here to promote it and there was opposition CDs and Green Party TDs were in opposition at the time. And they protested outside the Dáil, you know, saying it was rotten and that it undermines democracy and that it must be rejected by the Dáil. You know, we ha- it's, not, it's not just the Green Party. You've had other left, uh, left-wing parties in Ireland, people before profit, Sinn Féin, and also within the past few months, the Social Democrats have now come out against it. So it's kind of just, you're wondering what's going to happen. And again, I think it was what you were saying not only is the main issue in Germany and other EU member states, but it's the investor court settlement system. You know, they just don't know where, where it is, what's going to happen. And what's even more interesting, the block, it's just, it's the juxtaposition of where the Greens are now, you know, yeah, you know, Minister for Transport and Environment, Eamon Ryan said back in 2017 that the ISC system would give big businesses power over governments. And he spoke to Green News editor, Niall Sargent about it. And this is what he had to say. Even the way it was constructed, the way it was negotiated, the way that it was really centred around lobbying by big corporate interests rather than public interests starts wrong. Uh, The fact that corporations have the power for a dispute resolution mechanism where they have power over governments, over our courts, is again wrong. The fact that the environmental certainty we want around protecting environmental rights is not clarified, is not given real certainty within the treaty is wrong. We do need to negotiate trade and kind of global cooperation in a better way. And the European Union should be standing for that, and Ireland is a member country. That's like a pretty big statement that he came out and, and said there. Like he was really writing his name in the sand, saying where he stood on it at that time. It's shocking. It's shocking. And then there's only like only last Friday, you know, he said he wrote to the Greens saying we must consider um, we must consider how we protect constitutional rights within trade, that this has to be addressed in all trade agreements negotiated by the EU. There's a commitment in the program for government with trade deals and the, the expectation that CETA will be ratified. But that's the matter. That's the thing about it. CETA was never brought up in the program for government. If we look back to what we're Near over a year on since the general election of last year, the this government's not even a year old though, and if you look back, it was a very contentious negotiations with the program for government, but it was never brought up. Catherine, uh, you know, the deputy leader Catherine Martin has got on the record saying it has not been as as Nessa Hergan. It was kind of swept under the under the table, so you kind of have to think the Green Party knew this was coming down the line. Fianna Fáil and Fianna, well, in particular, you know, Fianna Gael, they're, they're, they're seen as the party, you know, very much pro-Europe. And so you have the notion of this coming down. Why was this not brought up in the programme for government? And if it was just a mentioning thing, why, you know, there were so many other things that were brought up in programme for government. So I think you kind of have to worry, wonder, were the Green Party naive to think that this wouldn't come up and that they, they could persuade, you know, their government counterparts in Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael? But evidently not. And I suppose the two people who are very much, you know, out of the 12 Green Party TDs, we have Patrick Costello and Nessa Hergan. And Nessa Hergan is a more interesting one because she has been the real dissident, the real subversive in this government party. And she's the economic spokesperson for the Green Party, isn't she? Exactly, exactly. So you're looking at this, their economic spokesperson is going against this. So what does that really say? If they're, it's, it's the Green Party is just kind of this descending into this sort of, Eamon Ryan can't seem to get, get a hold of it, no matter what he can. And, you know, she ha- both Nessa Hergan and Patrick Costello have said in December when this came out, they said they won't be voting for it. They will, in fact, be voting against it, which leaves the government in a minority vote. So 
and you know her point is that like why is there a rush to do it like as you said earlier amy you have germ it's in the it's in the courts in germany mm -hmm. cyprus are also also challenging it the dutch greens are also so that's why now that the CETA is going to affirm the european affairs committee in the Oireachtas, they're going to welcome the scrutiny even michael martin has i suppose this is try a way to appease the greens in the hope that they will eventually mm -hmm. you know get in line with government because they are government tds they're not opposition tds you know and there's even it, the Green Party is it's the schism is just it's more prevalent now more than ever. And even the fact that you know, like Arachis Committee, that they had to kind of put it to the Arachis Committee to chat about it. That there wasn't the kind of I don't know those communication channels within kind of government itself. That it wasn't just like sneakily slided in on a doll agenda one day. That it was that everyone could get together when they knew it's explicitly said in Green Party policy that they're against CEDA that why wasn't it kind of brought up before that and what does it say about communication channels in the government that they have had to put this to interact this committee it just seems to be completely broken down what's going on with the three leaders of the party so Leo Varadkar, Michal Martin and Eamon Ryan we can't it's it's not getting down to the Green Party TDs at least Everyone in Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael seems to be getting in line. You know, Senator Michael McDowell, he came out very shortly after Nasser Hurrigan um, and Patrick Costello in December and said that no, there is a huge, there are huge internal communication issues with the Green Party and that, you know, he was kind of advocating for CETA, you know, pro-trade, it's great for SMEs, it's going to be great for the Irish economy mm -hmm. and so on. So they seem to all have their ducks in a row, but the Green Party is not. You even have over the weekend, you had senators saying that the deal is not well understood. And if you're, if I was a Green Party member and you're seeing that, you know, one of the, um, one of the government officials is saying, you do not understand this trade. It's going to cause even further, you know, friction within the party. And everyone knows over the past few months, there has been huge issues with it, internal issues within the Green Party in terms, you know, allegations of bullying, of misogyny, and you've seen huge high profile councillors step down, including, you know, former election candidate, um, Saoirse McHugh, Cork County Councillor, Lorna Bogue. You had another two go from Dublin County Council. So it's just, just it just doesn't look well for the Greens. And I think we kind of don't know what's going to happen now. Um, if not, if, you know, if Costello and Hurrigan vote against the government, what does that mean for the government? You know, this is not the first time Nasa Hurrigan has voted against the government, you know, during the summer herself and, Fing and Dublin Fingal TD, Joe O'Brien, mm -hmm. you know, they voted against the residential tenancies and evaluation bill and she you know she was she resigned then as as the green party chief whip so it's a huge issue i guess like even like the fact that like the, the whip like what does that even mean i guess the person who listens to this is like oh what like does that matter what does that mean for the government like so nessa hergan resigned as the whip um in august and so basically the the chief party whip they have to rally around and ensure everyone votes in the same line that's what the chief whip does you are we we are voting you have to go around to all your elected within that party then she felt obviously you know the residential and the 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 renters bill that came forward her and joe o'brien didn't and you know they were suspended for six weeks to, or six weeks of speaking time in the dom but that was also in conjunction with they had four weeks off of their um, recess the summer recess in the dom so it didn't really it was more of a slap mm. on the wrist yeah you know, it didn't really impact them. And we haven't heard much from Joe O'Brien. He's been very much, you know, low-key. He's not causing too much trouble. And where Nasa Hurrigan, I suppose, this is her other kind of moment where she's speaking out. And you kind of wonder, you know, she's been very vocal. She was vocal from the beginning about voting against the programme for government. 
and you're kind of wondering where where is this going to leave the Green Party and well was you're it's you're kind of wondering that is the Green Party going down the same road they did the last time they were in government with Fianna Fáil that the next Absolutely. time the general election goes around you know when it co- comes to the campaign that was in last year was you know vote left transfer left the Greens will not win any mm-hmm. seats it's, it will it could end up in that situation yeah you know they came back after the election with no seats. And they've only, you know, they're not the same Green Party they used to. A member of hundreds is now a member of thousands. So you have to kind of look, you're speaking to a wider voice. Mm-hmm. You're speaking to the old Eamon Ryan, John Gormley cohort, to the Just Transition Greens of voters who are in line with, you know, Lorna Bogue and Saoirse McHugh and Nasser Hergan. And I think like it even speaks to like how like idea kind of ideology is so important to politics in general now and it's kind of creeping its way in to Irish politics like obviously see that the Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael in particular really want it because Fianna Gael whether you kind of buy into it or not they market themselves as the kind of small to medium business people they're going to be there for you they're going to make sure you get all that stuff done um, and mm-hmm. the Green Party don't they don't they're like we're here for like the environment is kind of our main thing that we're going to do and like the fact that they're kind of not putting that to like the forefront, you know, in a way, I guess that like people can like their grassroots members can kind of like see that, you know, like yeah. their leader is going to stand up there and be like, no, no, no. Like I am taking on like all these kind of on board, like I am going to fight for this. The fact that he kind of kind of fell into line or seemed to fall into line very quickly with kind of what the other leaders wanted. I think people are probably like bit weird Eamon bit weird it is very hard you know and now he's saying that like the issues that he had previously the opposition no longer applies because of the decision of the of the European Court of Justice to the effect that CETA was subject to the predominance of European public interest law and you know and that is echoed in very few of his you know Green Party colleagues you know Minister Roger Gorman he said the same he spoke to he spoke to News Talk and he said that the you know the ECJ they kind of squashed all of the issues um so it is kind of wondering, sorry, it's, it, it is very, you know, you were so predominantly against it just four years ago, not if it, if it, like just four years ago, you were so vehemently against it. And now all of a sudden you're getting in line and you're also getting your, your senior government, your, you know, you know, Roger Gorman is not just a run of the mill government TD, he's a minister. Mm-hmm. And we haven't heard Catherine Martin spoke out, you know, very much about it. She just said that she's happy to see this go under further scrutiny, but we haven't really... But more than likely, as we've seen, Catherine Ryan will go in line. Sorry, we've seen Catherine Martin will more than likely fall in line with Amy Ryan. You know, she's in that leadership role, and that's just unfortunately the way it is. And you know, the fact that Pauline O'Reilly, you know, Senator Pauline O'Reilly is saying the same thing—that it's just something that's not understood. Which I think people in the Green Party, you know, especially councillors, you know, people who are within the executive of the party. To say that they don't have an understanding, I can't imagine as a Green, you know, if you're within that organisation, you would be too happy about that. No. And I think as well when, you know, the European Greens are kind of still out against the deal, that it kind of, I I can't imagine that any of those kind of Green councillors or, you know, TDs or anyone who's coming out against it, that they're kind of like, well, I feel like my voice is justified because the, the wider kind of umbrella like European green group agree with me so why are you telling me that I don't understand this exactly 
and especially when it's been green policy for so long. And I think this will be the final nail in the coffin for a lot of te- for a lot of councillors um, or members who maybe have their toe on the line because, you know, the Green Party have um, they've lost they've lost a huge, as I said earlier, they've lost a huge amount of high profile uh, members. And this could see another few another few leave if this is like kind of like the tenement of their, you know, of their party policy is environmental policy. And if you're going to vote against that, people will think so. Well, if it, it, it's just you wonder where this will leave the government as well, it, you know, and I I think if people are like, what's the big deal? You know, a trade agreement, it can feel really remote, like even sometimes like you're going kind of like this does not affect me. Like, you know, this why are kind of people losing their minds over it. But I think it's like you said, it's like it's kind of fracturing the kind of core ideology of the government. Like, what are we going to do here? What are we going to um prioritize? And I think obviously COVID has kind of united them on a lot of fronts because it's kind of just you have to kind of get on and do it and it's kind of like these little things are bopping their heads up now and like you said we're a year down the line from the general election and these things are cropping their heads up and it's like okay guys but you don't actually align on a lot of stuff what's going to happen when god hopefully now when miss rona is done with us like what is going to happen when the real world comes back again and that's the thing it's kind of like there's you know, like what will happen when we run into a snap election and this is kind of what this issue is coming up to again. You know, it's just, I I can't remember a time in modern Irish politics where we've had three parties in government that are so, that, that we've had three parties in government and one of them is just, it's just causing, it's just causing a lot more problems that you wonder about the longevity of this government. Mm-hmm. Will it reach the five years? And I think as well, if Eamon Ryan, what, we, what we're looking at now in, t- in terms of the politics is if Nasa Hergan votes against this, how will she survive in the Green Party? Will she step down and just become and become an independent opposition TD? We don't we don't even know if that's possible. And these are kind of all the factors you're looking at. And if also if Nasa Hergan and Patrick Costello vote against it, what's the same for Eamon Ryan's leadership? He clearly can't get his TDs in line if that's the case. If this happens, you know he'll have a lot to answer to to his other you know uh, co uh, co party leaders because if Michal Myerson. Uh, who has you know there's been a lot of you know internal squabbles within Fianna Fáil but if they if he can rally his you know government TDs um the same with Leo Varadkar which not knowing Fianna Gael and their pro-European stance this doesn't seem like it'll be an issue for them to get behind it will say a lot about Eamon Ryan and his leadership and kind of it was just question we, we will be back in the situation we were we are um back, the Green Party will be back in the same situation they were when they were in when John Gormley was leader and they went into and they went into government with Fianna Fáil even though we're only, it's, it might be a bit early to say that, even though we're only one year, uh, it's just less than a year into this government. But I just think you need to look at the long haul and a, you're you're going against a long cohort of, you know. But I suppose the upside is a lot of people are, you know, both Nasa Hergan and Patrick Costello have said that they're very well, that they, they're very much welcomed this uh, scrutiny by the European Oireachtas Committees, but then others have said they should go to other committees. They should also go to the Environment Committee, not just the European Affairs. Because I guess that's the issue that they're kind of highlighting that like, yes, there is all these great things for European Affairs that this deal has. And I'm pretty sure nobody has come out denying them that they're like, no, there are super positive things for this deal, but this is our kind of qualms with it and if you're not going to go to the committee that's going to address and really chat these things out what does that say and then I think as well like I guess the Oireachtas committees it's important to even like be like those committees only really have the power to talk and scrutinize and report 
and that's great to get like air all that out and you know like even from the fact that like you know like it might put to bed that argument that like well you don't understand the treaty whoever they're aiming that laser at but is this just a way of the government to kick a can down the road because they know that they're kind of have a lot of balls in the air between the vaccine rollout, COVID, everything to do with that. Um, like, is it just a way that they're going to kick this out and deal with it later? I think very much it is. I think it's just a delaying tactic from Fianna Fáil, from Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael because at the moment now, you know, if the vaccine rollout, they're trying to get kids back, kids back to school, construction back up and running. The economy still has to reopen. And I think for the everyday person at home who is watching the news, I don't think, quite frankly, they care about a CETA agreement when they can't pay their bills or they're still on the pub payment. So it's very much, um, I would say, it, it's just not the centre of the focus right now. And I think as well, now, that's not to say it will. Of course, anyone who's interested in environmental issues that, and if you're an owner of an SME or anything like that, of course, this is an interest to them. But I think they, if you're trying to play the smart side of it, it would be, well, we have, you know, we have a vaccine rollout to do. That's, you know, a lot of people are not happy with. There's just a lot more things that this government needs to, that they, that I, the general public might feel they need to focus on. So I say kick it down the line, you know, appease the Greens for now. See that it's going to scrutiny. But is this just a tactic? It is it could just be a tactic for more than likely for them to keep the Greens happy and to kind of keep the dissidents of the, within the Green Party happy that this looks like something could be done. But I, it's, it, it's not going to go away. It's not going to go away for a long time. You've had Sinn Féin has been very, has been um, Sinn Féin, people before profits, social Democrats very much have had a strong, you know, vocalisation against this. You know, Mairead Farrell, uh, the Sinn Féin TD, Mairead Farrell, wrote an op-ed in the Irish Examiner about it. Jennifer Whitmore of the Social Democrats also uh, wrote an op-ed in the journal. So it will be, it, they will have a hard time getting this through if they don't have their own government TDs as well, as well from the, the, the biggest opposition parties so far seem to be very much against it. And it really will call into question what kind of state does this leave the government in? And how how will they recover from it? Yeah. Because Nasa Hergan, Nasa Hergan has not said if she's going to leave the Green Party yet, if she's going to leave the government, if she will become an opposition. So we do not know what's going to happen. And it's just, there's a lot of unknown up in the air, but it's it, is here for a long time. It's here for another while to stay. And it's just be seeing, seeing how Sita goes. Seeing how exactly. No, I think that is a really good point, though, that it's like, this is, I think it's a symptom. It's a really strong symptom of kind of how things are actually going in government between the three main parties. And it's really easy to put on a united front for COVID and construction and education, where it's really easy to put people. But when you kind of drill down to these more kind of core values I guess where there are the differences where does that leave them and it seems like it's leaving them all over the shop and possibly without Nessa Horgan and Patrick Costello to give them a hand to clean up the mess have the is there a date Amy as well that CETA must be ratified like have the you know have the no. EU and Canada set so so this we don't know how long this could go There's on for no hard and fast date for it to be ratified um for um and it's because I think that the kind of thinking behind that would it be put too much kind of pressure and especially code to ratify things is from country to country can be quite a lengthy process and as well the deal is in effect a lot of the ways so there's kind of like you, the, the both countries are sorry not even countries Canada and the EU are both receiving the benefits from it so 
Canada isn't even in any real rush for it. And Justin Trudeau is here for a little bit longer. Will that change if there is a change of power in Canada? Perhaps. Perhaps it will. Will it kind of change if there's kind of a more emphasis on trade because of Brexit and the importance of it and all this? Maybe. But as it stands now, there's no rush coming from the EU or the um, or Canada. And I could imagine that the EU, even if kind of things go awry in countries that they don't want, don't want to ratify it or have issues, I can imagine it would be a process that they'll go back present them again this is not something that the european union or canada want to fall apart they want to give they want to appease the countries that have an issue with it so maybe this will all maybe sisha this will all be resolved maybe that the investment court settlement they'll get this you know they'll have a a solution for it maybe they'll put into the treaty that clearly outlined that the paris climate agreement is a clear rebuttal maybe that'll all happen but if that happens will it still heal the kind of brokenness of this government because of it i'd i'd be skeptical on that one now to be honest with you i'd be skeptical no definitely and i feel like what you're saying about like coming back to it it kind of reminds me of you know lisbon treaty era you know where we had a referendum we voted no we (laughs) came back to it and we voted yes exactly Exactly. are we gonna see that (laughs) running around within doll airing of i will just keep having doll debates about this until surprised i wouldn't be and i do think that fianna fall and fianna gale are going to do everything they can to push this through it's going to be a big win for their kind of local base and you know especially because they've Fianna Gael has certainly done their evaluation on what went wrong in the general election and they'll want to appeal to those guys. They're going to want to give them what they want. So I think they're definitely going to run yeah. around and try and make it work in every shape and form. But if you have, at the end of the day, if you start losing TDs, if people start losing the whip and they become, you know, kind of independent, basically TDs, they don't have their vote. It's not much you can do. You can run around like a headless no. chicken all you want, but they're not going to vote with you. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of is you're we're just left in the unknown now we are we're just what's new i mean what's new and like i feel i feel like that is a symptom of this government it's kind of like <laughs> we don't really know we're going to kind of see how it goes i think that's no. that should definitely be that slogan is for free for whichever one of the three parties want to use it for the next general election we're gonna just see how it goes but yeah i think they're very much gonna try and play it down um and like you were saying Eve, jesus there's a million and one more tangible kind of things that are affecting people's eyes every day that absolutely should take preference right now the country is in lockdown but this is kind of it is an issue it is something that is going to have to be dealt with at some stage and i don't think it's gonna go i think kind of the problems it has created are now there they're there and even if CETA's kicked on a line for another two years their problems are still there yeah exactly and it, it, it's going to leave huge issues for not only just for the for, it's going to leave huge issues for you know the European Union for for current trade for this for this it's just going to leave issues all around you know especially Eamon Ryan is going to have his work come out, cut out for him trying to get his TDs to vote in line and it's just we're just like you said we are left in the in the unknown of what is going to happen. I suppose, you know, COVID is going to take, continue to take over. And the fact that this is going to, you know, go into an Oireachtas committee, I think this will be the quieting down of CETA for, uh, until it is brought back in. Mm -hmm. But it'd be interesting to see now, will the Greens use this time 
the coining down a seat of time to deal with their own communication issues? Did they all need to sit down and have a good old chat? I think so. I hope they, I hope, I genuinely hope they use the time because God, like it doesn't suit anybody right now to have the government not knowing if it's coming or going or if people are going to vote or not. And I do think they really just need to get their act together and kind of use this time. It doesn't bode well for, no. like you said, for, a gov- for, you know, a significant portion of the government to not be in line with what they're voting for. You know, people have a lot of things to be worried about with regards to COVID. And I suppose it you just, it, the fate of the, this government and in particular the Green Party, it kind of just hangs in CETA, hangs in the, you know, in the doll of C- in It just hangs in the weight of CETA and what's going to happen. And yeah. But uh, I think, yeah, I think that's it for CETA for now. For now. Well, it's definitely going to be a developing story. It looks like, and I've no doubt we'll revisit this topic in the weeks and months to come, but that's all for this week. The first episode of The Polling Station. Thank you all for listening. Um, you can check us out on Spotify and all other streaming services. And we are at The Polling Station Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Until next week. Bye. Bye.